0: If I remember correctly, um, you started uh, maybe just a week or two before the pandemic really hit. Do you feel like you brought the pandemic to Charlottesville?
1: I think you've told me that several times, if I remember correctly. (laughs) I've been accused of a lot of things, but I did not bring the pandemic to Charlottesville. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Jim Ryan, the president of the University of Virginia, and I'd like to welcome all of you to the 12th episode of Inside UVA. This podcast is a chance for me to speak with some of the amazing people at the university and to learn more about what they do and who they are. My hope is that listeners will ultimately have a better understanding of how UVA works and a deeper appreciation of the remarkably talented and dedicated people who make UVA the institution it is. Today's guest is Craig Kent, who is Chief Executive Officer of UVA Health and Executive Vice President for Health Affairs at UVA. Craig, thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Uh, So, I want to talk a bit about um, your role at UVA Health, but um, let's start at the beginning. I understand that you grew up on a ranch uh, in Nevada, which is of particular interest to me right now because I'm both reading Lonesome Dove and watching the show Yellowstone. So I feel like I'm on a Western kick. So even if it's just for me, describe what life on the ranch was like.
1: No, absolutely. And I'm sure of all the dramatic events that you were able to observe and read about, of course it was exactly as was described. Well, so uh, growing up on a ranch was really fantastic. It's, it's, uh, it's almost a perfect childhood. In fact, I wish many times over I could provide a similar childhood to, to my children. And, and some of the features of it that made it so great were, you know, the freedom of our life, uh, living outdoors, tremendous people. Ranchers, uh, farmers are just really good people. Uh, They're good because uh, they work really hard and they have a a lot of pride in what they can accomplish. So just a a great childhood, uh, just very fortunate to have wonderful parents and a farm life, a ranch life that had been in place for many, many years.
0: And did you ever think about continuing in that life? I mean, how did you go from living on a ranch to um, going to college? Well,
1: so I, I wasn't supposed to. The ranch had actually been in the family since 1883, so passed from generation to generation. Uh, my father didn't go to college, but he took the ranch over from his grandfather and, you know, it went backwards in, in that way. And so I was the only son, so I was supposed to take over the ranch, and it wasn't my father's vision that I would go to college, I I should just step into his role. Uh, I, You know, I loved school, and I thought it'd be a great idea to go to college, so I rebelled, and went to college 60 miles away to be an agriculture major. That was the deal, I could go to college if I was an agriculture major. Uh, so I did that and um, uh, came home on the weekends and worked on the ranch and in the summer worked on the ranch and, uh, and then one day told my father I, I was going to switch from an agriculture to a biology major because I, I already knew how to be a rancher so you know I didn't need to go to college for that. So, so I was a biology major and then I couldn't quite figure out what I was going to do with a biology degree and one of my advisors said, you're pretty good with people, you like people, uh, you like biology. Have you ever thought about being a doctor? So I said, well, that's interesting. And so started exploring that. And then I came home to told my dad I was going to be a doctor. So he had it all figured out. I was going to be a community doctor, come home to Fallon, Nevada, and take over the ranch so I could doctor during the daytime and ranch, you know, on the weekends. And, that sounds like not a bad life. Yeah, no, it could have been a great life. And then, And then I decided once I finished medical school to be a surgeon, but my town wasn't large enough for a surgeon. So I was gonna go to Reno, Nevada and be uh, a surgeon, but then drive down on the weekends and run the ranch. And then I told him I was gonna be an academic surgeon, and, and that's, that's where it was a problem because uh, there wasn't a place in Nevada to be an academic surgeon. And I went back to Boston and, and that was it. But by that time, I have to say, he was really proud of me. I was incredibly close. We worked for uh, thousands of hours together on the ranch and, and so it turned out fine, but, uh, but that was his vision. And, and, and if I if had gone in that direction, I would have had a great life. Ranching is, is probably one of the best lives anyone can have.
0: Um, so how did you decide to become a surgeon?
1: You know, I, uh, there is a bit of uh, working with your hands on a ranch. There's a practical nature of being a rancher or a farmer, and, uh, and surgery is a little bit like that. You work with your hands, you're very practical. And so when I was in medical school, I went on my surgical rotation, had no idea what I wanted to do, and just fell in love. Just absolutely loved it and
0: never looked back since. And your specialty is cardiothoracic surgery, is that right? Actually, vascular surgery. Oh, vascular surgery, my bad.
1: Vascular surgery is the blood vessels outside of the heart. So, you know, the, in the arms, the legs, the, the kidneys, the intestine, and that sort. Uh, and it's a very technically demanding surgery. Uh, you wear these magnifying glasses and you work with like nine zero suture, sutures, so it's very delicate work. And, and I just like the challenge associated with it. Uh, also gratifying because if you fix a plugged artery and you open it up, uh, then you see blood flow again to uh, you know a part of the body that was probably going to die if you didn't accomplish that. so so very gratifying, you know, I was a busy surgeon for many, many years and loved that part of my career.
0: And you are also a renowned researcher um, and a very successful one as well. and, when did you become interested in research? Was that in medical school as well? And how do you combine, uh, you know, practicing as a surgeon and doing research as well?
1: Yeah, so, so great questions. I, um, I didn't uh, uh, involve myself in research in medical school, nor in my residency. I was, again, going to go back into community practice near the ranch. Uh, but then I went back to Boston for a fellowship. And uh, they forced me actually to spend a year of doing research during the fellowship i didn't want to but they said if you want the fellowship at the brigham you've got to do two years and a year of research and so so i spent a year doing research actually worked uh with someone in judith folkman's lab who is the person that discovered angiogenesis and i, I guess i caught the bug i mean i just absolutely loved that year and was convinced at the end of it that I was going to spend the rest of my career being involved in research and have, uh, uh, have been very involved in research, in fact still funded and still have an active uh, research laboratory. Uh, it's, um, it's one of those privileges, right, you know, so, so I get to be a doctor, I get to operate on people, I love research, I get to do that in my role, I get to be an administrator and help healthcare organizations move forward. Uh, how lucky can one be to be able to have all those opportunities at the same time, and there isn't any part of it that I don't enjoy? It, it kind of goes back to my philosophy of life. If you get up in the morning, you ought to be excited about the day in front of you, and there's no day when I get up that I'm not excited because I have so many great things that I have the chance to do.
0: Right. So um, I was going to ask you about when you first started becoming um an academic administrator, and what led you to, to choose that path?
1: Yeah, so my first uh, faculty position was in Boston at one of the Boston hospitals. And, and so I was a busy surgeon, uh, had my research lab going, and w- was enjoying all of that. And then about three or four years into it, I started looking at the division. I was part of a division of vascular surgery and thinking, uh, we could do that better, or we might be able to do this better but I didn't have any power to make any changes. And in fact, I actually think, and he's a good friend still, I drove my division chief crazy because I kept coming to him with all these ideas. One day he said, Craig, you know, why don't you just go off and be a division chief someplace else? And and so I did that. And then what a great opportunity to grow programs, to work with other people, to make them successful, to grow research. And so that was my first opportunity as a division chief. And then I've kind of gone through the process of being a department chair, a dean, and now in this role running a health system. You know, the the leadership part of it's just so much fun because if you're successful or or maybe more importantly, the people that you're working with are successful, the organization benefits, the patients benefit, the research world benefits. And and so to be able to lead that kind of an effort is really exciting and something I've really always enjoyed.
0: And what led you to UVA? Well, so,
1: you know, I was a dean at Ohio State and really enjoying my role there. But then this opportunity came along. And I've always had a special place in my heart for UVA. The Department of Surgery at UVA is just absolutely fantastic and the leaders had invited me over my career down three times to be a visiting professor. And every time I came, I just loved it because of all the great things that were happening here. So if somebody said, would you be interested in being a leader at UVA? Of course I had to explore. The more I explored, uh, the more I understood the strength of the institution and where the opportunities were and and, then fell in love and here I am. Thanks to a little encouragement,
0: from the guy on the other end of this uh, Zoom call. (laughs) Right, I didn't tell you at the time that um, most of your time uh, uh, on this job would be during a pandemic.
1: Yeah, you did forget (laughs) to tell me that. I'm I'm with you there.
0: (laughs) Um, So I know it's been a, a remarkably challenging couple of years at UVA Health because of the pandemic in particular, so, can you talk a little bit about it? I mean, what's it been like, you know, being on the front lines and dealing with the most significant pandemic in any of our lifetimes?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, it's been challenging, but we did some things that I think were different in the health system during the pandemic. We were uh, very nimble, we were creative, uh, we were humble, and I'm really proud of all of that. And I had the chance to get to know the health system and I'm really proud of what I have found. Again, going back to tremendous people, uh, we've navigated the pandemic extremely well, and one of the reasons is we just have great people, and they're devoted, they're on the front lines, they're giving everything they can. Our patients have been extraordinarily well cared for, we've vaccinated the community, we've tested the community, and we're still there in the middle of doing that, and I think we've done that better than most healthcare organizations around the country, and again, it's because of the really wonderful people here at UVA Health.
0: We're obviously still not out of the pandemic, but as you look forward, do you think the future will be shaped by things that you learned or did differently during the pandemic? That is to say, will the will the pandemic change the practice of medicine at all?
1: Absolutely. And in fact, it already has. I'll, I'll just give it a few examples, but there are, are so many. So telehealth, we learned how to take care of patients from a distance. And so we'll still continue to take care of patients from a distance because they don't have to drive into our community. We can take wonderful care of people from a distance. And I think the research part of it has has also been really interesting. We very quickly used our ability to innovate to make a vaccine. I mean, more quickly than has ever been accomplished before. And, and, And of course that's great for a pandemic, but but think about doing the same type of innovation if we're going to cure cancer or cardiovascular disease or Alzheimer's disease. So, so learning how to research and innovate in a more rapid way is something that I think we also took away from the pandemic. So, so a lot of lessons learned. Uh, I could go on and on, but I think the pandemic, as unfortunate as it has been, has taught us a lot in terms of healthcare care and how we should uh, behave as a health system.
0: Right. And I suppose the silver lining is is, it has um, enabled you to get to know people much more quickly and also, if you're like me, um, have come to appreciate how lucky we are to be at UVA and to be surrounded by truly incredible people, from world-renowned doctors to incredibly dedicated nurses and staff, I bet you've seen that even more so in in the health system.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We're just an amazing group of people here. The other part that I've really enjoyed is the teamwork that we've had uh, within the health system. People coming together to try to solve problems and create solutions for patients. And then the third part that I've really enjoyed is the partnership with the academic part of the university. So lots of great collaborations that have been developed during the pandemic out of necessity, but but could only have have happened here at UVA Health and, and UVA.
0: Right. I understand uh, as well that you are living in one of the pavilions. Actually, I've visited you, and so I, I know that you are. I lived in a pavilion for a year myself, so I have a little bit of experience, but um, I'm wondering how you're enjoying it.
1: Uh, It's exhilarating. I mean, how many people at my stage of career have a chance to live in the middle of a university campus? Uh, And I I have a daughter and a son that both live with me, and uh, they find it equally exciting. There's just a lot of energy, and and it's it's a great place to be. Um, Aside from that... I have a four minute and 32 second walk to work and home. So, you know, how bad can that be? Um, And then uh, there's some activities on Friday night that everyone seems to enjoy also, but we we won't go into detail about that.
0: And have you had the experience of people um, walking into your pavilion? When I lived in Pavilion 8, uh, people would just wander in like it was, like the lawn was some kind of living museum and we were all actors.
1: Yeah, so as you describe, my son at the time was 16 years old and he was sleeping in his room upstairs. And this couple comes up and they walk into his room, <laughs> but he wakes up and he sees these people. You know, it's it's really, really amazing the the, the stories that we've had on the lawn. All fun. All all great fun.
0: Though. Yeah. Really. Enjoyed. Well, I think I told you about the time I was coming out of the bathroom in just a towel and a young couple was standing at the end of the hallway. <laughs> asking me where, 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 what this place was. And I said, oh, it's actually my, my house. And they said, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm the president of the university. And instead of being embarrassed and fleeing, they said, that's so cool. And I said, I'm in a towel. <laughs> um, so have you had any time to explore Charlottesville, Narmaral County at all? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, not enough. You know, it's been busy for
1: all of us, but we've been out hiking. Uh, I love to bike. And despite, uh, I'm told by my family, a fair amount of jeopardy, I, I've biked all over Charlottesville in the community. Uh, and it's just so spectacular. It's so beautiful. And, and just recently, we've been able to get out to a few restaurants and the food here is incredible.
0: So last question for you. There are a lot of undergraduate students contemplating medical school. Um, I have a son who's contemplating medical school. Uh, What advice would you give someone who's thinking about going to medical school and and becoming a doctor? Would you you encourage them to do it? Uh, If you were giving advice, what would it be?
1: Yes, become a doctor. Uh, It's an extraordinary life. And maybe beyond that, it's actually a privilege. I mean, how many people get to uh, wake up every morning and just help people all day long, every day. I think medicine's gonna evolve over the next uh, 30 years in a very positive way, uh, but don't go in with certain expectations. Uh, go in with sort of an adaptable spirit and, and the ability to adapt with medicine. You know, sometimes people are interested in surgery because they like to make large incisions. Uh, that's probably not the, be, gonna be the way that we perform surgery 10 years from now or 20 years from now. And so, so be adaptable, that's important. Uh, and I think everybody's path into medicine is a little different. Some people go straight out of college into medical school. Others want to gain a little more experience, say, in research or clinical care before. So, so there's, there's a lot of different ways to get there, but all of them are really great. But, but the outcome is you get to be a doctor, and it's just a wonderful life, and the ability to help people is extraordinary. So it, it's the right decision for those that, that are excited about the profession.
0: Well, Craig, thank you for your time, and I want to thank you on behalf of everyone at UVA that you're here and that you chose medicine instead of ranching um, because we're all the beneficiaries uh, of that choice. Um, But thanks again for spending time, um, and thanks for all that you do for UVA and UVA Health.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Inside UVA is a production of WTJU 91.1 FM and the Office of the President at the University of Virginia. Inside UVA is produced by Mary
0: Garner McGee, Brooke Whitehurst,
1: Matt Weber, and Nathan Moore. We also want to thank Dr. Craig Kent, Ginger Kidd, Monica Shack, Athena Haney, and McGregor McCants. Our music is turning to you from Blue Dot Sessions. Listen and subscribe to Inside UVA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back soon with another conversation about the life of the university.